This is Greater Together, a podcast designed to give listeners an inside look at how small business owners grow and evolve over time to become greater. I'm Rachel Kershaw. I'm here today talking with Demetrius Robinson of Robinson Legal Group. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do? Yeah. Um, one, I would say thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, it's kind of cool to uh, have the opportunity to, to talk about what I do and why I love doing it. Um, and I don't usually have that opportunity all the time because when people think about attorneys, which is what I do, they think of us pretty uh, pretty much as pretty stiff beans that we just <laughs> do, we draft, and then we tell you don't do things. Um, but talking about why I love being an attorney and the things I get to do as an attorney, um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to do so. Um, so, um, as I said, I, I am an attorney. What I do uh, mostly is work with uh, small, mid-sized companies, um, help them navigate kind of the legal and the tax uh, issues that they may face um, so that they can focus on doing what they do very well, and that's running a business, um, selling products, helping clients. And I think um, law and tax stuff is pretty scary for a lot of people. So It, it can be, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things where you kind of avoid until you have to do it, um, but it shouldn't be one of those situations. Um, the law is only designed uh, pretty much to help you uh, as long as you understand what it does. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so um, legal and tax stuff, I mean, I'm sort of making an assumption here, but it sounds like you're a pretty risk-averse person. Um, I would say normally, but I was a uh, very uh, risk, non-risk adverse, uh, like 18 months ago when I decided to, when I left a corporate job and started my own practice. Um, and so understanding now from that perspective of sometimes you have to take a big leap of faith, I think in one, it makes me a better attorney because I'm able to usually understand where small business owners are really coming from because mm-hmm. I've, I've been there. I understand where it's like when... You're not sure if the bills are going to pay, be, be paid or um, or the impact that you're going to be able to have in your business. Yeah. So you think your advice maybe changed a little now that you're out on your own? Uh, I, I think it put it in perspective. Um, I, I think that the law is designed um, and what we do as business owners, you have to merge the two uh, in order to really get the results you're looking for. Uh, and so most of the time what I tell clients is you be as risk averse as you need to be as you feel comfortable with and the things that I do is to help you get there I think as you alluded to the first question is obviously what scared you about going out on your own <laughs> everything uh, <laughs> everything about going out on my own scared me uh, one is I mean you, you don't know what the future holds right so you kind of take this huge leap of faith and hope that whatever skills or whatever training or which whatever, is a lot in the case of law yes yes um, but that it, it definitely did not prepare me to be a business owner, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and so I know a lot about the law, know nothing about, at the time, knew nothing about being a business owner. Um, and so, yeah, kind of figuring out all that sort of stuff was very scary. Um, and I definitely had a fear of failure. What happens if I, this is not successful and I should have gone back into corporate world? Um, or what happens if we don't have enough money to... Uh, you know, put the kids in activities or whatever. Um, and luckily, my, my wife has been very supportive. Uh, she was freaked out in the beginning as well. Um, but I, I made a deal with her that if 
she would give me one year to figure it out and if I failed the first year then I would go work at McDonald's if you wanted me to or do whatever else um, McDonald's was the backup plan it was the backup plan um, <laughs> but it, she allowed me to do it and you know we got through first year we did pretty well and now I can continue to do it well and that's awesome honestly one year to be able to call yourself successful is really quick yeah um, yeah, I mean, I, maybe. I don't know. I have no perspective in that regard. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, uh, I guess most people I've talked to, um, it takes a couple years till they really feel like they hit their groove. So that's nice that you felt confident enough at the end of a year to not go work at McDonald's. Yes, very, <laughs> very good for McDonald's, very good for me. Um, I probably would not have been the employee of the month. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think. A lot of it has to do with the clients I've had an opportunity to work with, because um, they motivate me to continue to build and develop what I'm doing to make sure that they don't fail, because most of the people I'm working with are in similar boats where they're not sure if this is going to be it, or they're going to have to go back to work for someone else. Sure. Um, and so if if I cause them or cause their business to fail in one shape or form, I don't want to be that guy. Um, yeah, So absolutely. if they fail, it's because maybe they this wasn't the area they were supposed to work in or, or for some other reason. Um, and so I want to make sure that they have all the tools in their tool belt to be successful. So if you were talking about um, how scary the thought of failure is today, how scary is it? Um, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So uh, going back, uh, it was not scary at all. But um, looking <laughs> forward, I mean, I think there's different kind of fears now. Um, so it's not necessarily the fear of failing, I know I can, I can do it. Um, now it's the fear of how do I take it and create the vision that I really want it to be? Because um, now, now that I'm no longer worried about failure, now I can focus on well, how do I get this to become what it should be designed to do? Um, and that, that creates a different fear. Um, and then when you add on, um, so recently I hired a new employee, and so now I have a fear of I got to make sure that person's fed um, and those sort of fears and issues. Yeah, responsible for somebody else's yeah, paycheck is exactly. a big deal. Yeah. Um, so back at the beginning, when you were scared of having to go work for someone else again, what did you spend a lot of time on at the very beginning? And these days, not so much. Um, I, I would use the phrase, like, in quotes, networking. Um, and I, I say it in quotes because at the time, networking was going to a whole bunch of events, meeting a whole bunch of people, um, and trying to get them to give me their business. And I don't do that anymore. Um, and I don't do that for a number of reasons. One is I have found quite quickly that networking is, should not be about shaking a whole bunch of names, getting business cards, and then hoping they're gonna buy your business. Um, networking should be about creating relationships with people who have similar needs as yours or have similar experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and once you create those relationships, inevitably, if you sometime down the road, you'll, you'll get the business that you need. Um, and so I am way more strategic about how I'm networking and it's really more about how do I find people that I like being around? <laughs> I feel like uh, that's the lifelong struggle for everybody, <laughs> business, life, everything. Yeah, it pretty much. Um, and I think the other is one of the things I had found from, from networking is like that not everyone's very genuine about building relationships. Yeah. Um, and I had felt at times that I was like this, and this is not like cocky, but like a, like a center of influence for some reason because of my profession. 
and so everyone wanted to affiliate with me because they wanted me to give them their business um, um, and so it was kind of off-putting to say well I don't really want to hang out with people who just want me to let they can get to my clients or the people I'm uh, working with um, yeah. and so that was kind of strange phenomenon kind of learning how to manage that yeah so do you have any specific moments in time that um, really stand out to you where you sort of learned the difference or felt the difference? Yeah, I mean, I think networking is is invaluable. You have to do it. You have to meet people. Um, in fact, my first client paid me $100 to review a contract. Um, and the only, time, only reason I had met that person was because I was at a networking event. Yeah. Um, but the, one of the ones that stood out to me is there was this remember what the networking event was um, now it's been a little bit but basically they had an, after we met at the networking event the conversation went great I thought it was somewhat good we scheduled a follow-up meeting uh, to grab coffee or something like that mm -hmm. um, I showed up at the time we we're supposed to show up and the other person did um, and so I you know wow, you email them back and you're like hey I'm here you know where are you at um, and her absolutely nothing, no follow-up, no, no, you know, nothing of that nature. Um, and so that was kind of one of those moments where I realized that that individual went to networking events to get business cards and then get leads, um, not to develop relationships. Yeah, I think um, for a lot of people, well, for me, uh, networking is really, really scary. But once I realized that you don't have to talk about things you don't <laughs> want to. You don't have to talk to people you don't enjoy talking yeah. to. Like, you should definitely put yourself out there and, you know, try talking to a stranger every once in a while, you know? Um, but, yeah, the really good stuff comes when you are happy to have met that person yeah. and you had a fun conversation. And maybe it had nothing to do with work. I think those are the best ones. Um, in fact, I actually am not very good at networking. I hate um, it so much. <laughs> I am probably, like, by nature, probably an introvert. Um, and so it takes a lot of energy for me to get out and talk to people. Once I do, I have no problem. We, we shake hands, whatever. We, we can kiss babies. I don't really care. But um, once I do it, I'm okay. But getting to that point where I'm like, I'm going to go talk to that person. Yes, you're going to go talk to that person. Okay, we're, we're doing it. We're talking to that person. Uh, it takes a lot of energy, and I've gotten better at You know, the more you do it, the more you get better at it. But Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people, even some extroverts, I think, sort of don't like networking. And I think that's because it's that bad side of it, but the yeah. good side of it. Yeah. Um, so the good side of it, what has that gotten you? Oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I've built relationships with people in a very short period of time where it feels like we've been friends for for years um, and so one of the things I designed uh, early on after I figured out I didn't like networking mm -hmm. is I designed a group of small business owners where we weren't trying to sell each other products we weren't trying to sell each other services we were just trying to talk about the things that we hate about being business owners and the problems that we face and how we're working through those and that has created relationships for me that like will last lifetimes um, that I didn't have before. That sounds fun, just sort of a, a safe place to vent. Yeah, it is. And I mean, there, I, I don't know um, if you're married or not, but there are times when you go home and you probably don't necessarily want to talk to your spouse about how bad of a day, hey, I didn't make any money today, 
Sure. You're not going to make any money this week. Um, you don't want to talk about those things because you're, you want to project a sense of confidence. Um, but you need to talk about those things as a business owner, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your significant other, or some other support system. Mm-hmm. Because once you understand there are these ups and downs of being a business owner, that it's more normal than it feels. That it's more normal than it feels. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's nice to have a, a group of people that you that you trust enough and are close enough with to, to be yeah. able to talk. Vulnerability is, is very key to that. Is this an open group or? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of. Uh, I mean, we've, uh, we've definitely grown from like a small band of people that we called like the council um, to yeah we're, we're constantly growing with people who have like that similar vision of like I don't want you to sell me I just want to talk about over a beer why I don't like being a business owner but I will continue to be a business owner because it's the best thing I've ever happened to me. Sure so is the council part of your vision that you're trying to go for in the long run? Um, no I mean I think the, the, the council is like it's like my support system um, and I like look forward to attending our monthly events um, because I want obviously I like the people that are surrounded, but I like to hear the stories about hey I was last week was not very good and but this week I like killed it knocked it out of the park landed my biggest contract or biggest deal ever or whatever it is um, and sharing in those experiences with people because I think at, as business owners whether you're a small business owner or you have a couple of people that work with you. Um, it can get pretty siloed and you can kind of get in your own head about oh, absolutely. You know, what's going on and being able to talk to people who have similar experiences. But a different point of view. But a different point of view. Yeah. That's part of what I enjoy about doing yeah. this. And you share best practices. You share, hey, don't do that because that didn't work for me. But maybe if you do it differently, sure. it'll work for you. Back at the beginning when you were doing a lot of networking, spending a lot of time on it, how much time are we talking about? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, I didn't have any clients, so I spent most of my day, so it was like a, I would go on, um, like, Meetup or um, one of those other apps and say, like, where's all the networking events that are happening in Columbus? Mm-hmm. And then I'd go to an event in the morning that would happen, and then I'd um, figure out if there's an event that I would have in at lunch, and then I'd spend my evenings at a networking event, just meeting people and getting so as close to, to forty hours as you could get. Yeah, huh? pretty much. Um, and I mean, I'll, some of that was probably not full forty, but maybe I don't know. I never tracked the time per se, because uh, there was still times where I was building internally the business. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was all about shaking as many hands, getting connected as best I could, which was tough. <laughs> and probably exhausting if you're exhausting. an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not actually an introvert, but I do find it a little exhausting, too. Um, I just like the one-on-ones better. Yeah. Um, so, today, obviously, you are not spending breakfast, lunch, and dinner at networking events. So, I feel like I usually ask, so what do you spend that time doing instead? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I, still, I still do networking um, events. I'm more strategic with how the kinds of events I'm involved in, um, and it's usually ones where I have some connection with what they're trying to do, not just um, networking to network. So, like, there's an organization um, for veterans uh, that helps veteran business owners kind of grow their businesses or figure out if they want to go into business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I participate in, in those kind of um, events because I'm a veteran myself. Uh, if I can help another veteran get from 
you know, the service to being successful, then I want to make sure I, I provide them the tools to do that. Um, or some other similar where it's some, some connection to it other than just meeting people. Sure. So about how much time these days? Uh, man, I, I try to do one networking event a week. Sometimes that does not happen. Um, but I think part of that has to do with, and I've helped to realize, is that I am spending a lot more time in my business now, uh, which actually means I probably need to transition some of the work that I'm doing in my business to someone else mm -hmm. so I can spend more time outside my business because that's how I grew it in the beginning. So I need to do that now to continue to do that. And so there will definitely be, as I look towards the fall, probably something I'll look at and say, uh, we kind of shift some of that. Um, but definitely not 40 hours anymore. <laughs> so, you know, sounds like you're doing a sort of um, back and forth. So from 40 down to probably sounds like less than four these days. And yeah. maybe in the fall you'll, yeah. you'll go back up a little bit. Yeah, probably so. But with some in the future, you think you'll go back down again after that? Uh, no, I, I think you always have to network. Um, and the reason you have to is because you have to continue to understand, one, meet people who do things that are different than yours. Mm -hmm. And so I've found by networking that there are concerns that like, clients have that they come to me because they trust me that I don't do. And so by networking, I, I connect with people who do those sort of things and I build trust and relationships with them. Uh, which then translates to building trust relationships with my clients so that their needs are always taken care of. Yeah, it's nice when you can feel really good about recommending someone yeah. else in your network. All right. In the beginning, you probably did everything yourself because I feel like most people do. <laughs> so what's something that since then you've let go of completely or outsourced or just stopped doing? Yeah, so the first thing I outsourced and I did it very quickly because I did not like it was marketing um, and it wasn't that I don't like marketing because I think that there is you have to do marketing in order mm -hmm. to be successful I didn't like marketing because it takes a lot of time to do it very well mm -hmm. and I wasn't very good at it um, and so I quickly transitioned marketing to outsource to actually a very good friend of mine um, who now owns a uh, advertising agency um, and so she has really helped me kind of take all that away and focus on what I do best um, and then I, now I only have to go in once a month review everything approve it disapprove it make changes um, and then jump on calls when we need to, to do things so that was took a tremendous amount of time off my plate so I could focus on what I'm really good at um, and so marketing was the first thing the other things have been slower to get rid of, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it has to do with understanding kind of the cost-benefit analysis. Um, and so this year was one of the big things for me was really understanding not just money coming in the door and money going out the door, but where all that was. And I'm a tax attorney, so I know all that sure. stuff. But when you're a business owner, you really don't focus on it. Um, and so I started really focusing on that and understanding those those numbers and so actually the second thing I'll probably do is get an accountant who does all that stuff for me um, but that would be the second thing I would probably get rid right of is, is accounting so when you do cost-benefit analysis your time is yours how do you yeah so I think it has to do not only with like what's my time worth but how do I want to spend it sure um, and so if I'm doing a task that needs to be done but it's not probably worth a lot 
for me personally, like whether it's bringing money in the door or it's not valuable to me from a perspective of family is more important, then I need to outsource that so then I have more time to spend with my family or I have more money that's coming in the door. Um, and so those are the sort of tasks where I'm thinking cost-benefit analysis and I don't think it has to be a dollar. Yeah, because I think a lot of people hear those words and they think you've got a spreadsheet with like a magic formula in it. No, I, I mean I do in a sense that I mean I know what my time is worth and how much um, what my expenses are mm -hmm. and, and things like that. Um, but I think it's more than just dollars. I think it's also personal values. Um, and so I know every week I can't do 80 hours. But I just know that. Sure. Um, and so I need to, if I still want to accomplish the same amount of work, but there's 80 hours worth of work, then I need to have someone do 20 hours or 40 hours so that I can only do 40 or whatever it is. Um, and then the other is, one of the reasons I started the practice was so that I could um, have valuable time with my, my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so I need, if there's 50 hours of work and I only want to get 40 because I know that we need to spend a lot of time together this mm -hmm. week with the kids, then I need to outsource. So definitely it sounds like you are spending some of the time that you let go of by outsourcing on non-business related stuff like your family and uh, but is there anything that that helped you have time for inside your business? Uh, yeah, so one of the first, like, so I hired this summer um, someone to come in to help me do some of those tasks. And what I realized quite quickly was like the first week, like I had all these things that are piled up that really need to get done, but I kept putting them off, putting them off because I didn't feel like I had the time. From the first week, like those tasks were all gone. And <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay, well, what do we need to do now? And then I could be more strategic, right? So I could think about not just what's happening past or what's happening right now. Now I can be more strategic and say, hey, what do we want to do three months down the road, six months, 12 months? Um, but if I'm always focused on what am I doing right now, then I can't look at that kind of stuff. So I think that's valuable too. Yeah, I think all of that's super valuable. Um, so the other question I hear a lot is, how do you find a person? <laughs> Like, how did you find the person that you hired? Yeah, um, I got really lucky because the person that I hired is a really good friend of mine um, who happens to be taking the summer off um, from their business. And so it's worked out really well because he's like, hey, I just need a couple hours here and there. And I trust him to do a good job. And um, But he's not a legal professional. He doesn't necessarily know anything about the law, though he's helped. He understands how the law works and things like that from his background. But it is tough. And so uh, the first person I, uh, so he was actually the second person I hired. The first person I hired was a referral from someone um, who was like, hey, this person does great work. Um, I heard you were thinking about hiring, just mm -hmm. check her out. Um, the second person I interviewed uh, was another referral. I didn't end up um, hiring that person, it wasn't a good fit. That's so far. Did that's the first the person case. work out, or? Yes, she she did do uh, a great job, and then she got a much better offer that I could not match, and I encouraged her to take that offer because mm -hmm. um, for her career it, it would have done wonders. Well, and you said your current employee is just taking the summer off, so like yeah, that's so your I plan. Gotta, <laughs> yeah, so I got to hire all over again in the fall, which I will definitely do. Um, and so there are a couple of things that I'm kind of looking for. One is I actually drafted, you know, what am I looking for? And that's based on now what I think I need. Um, and then the, kind of the employees that I've had so far have helped me understand those needs. 
Um, and then I actually have a client of mine who does uh, recruiting. Um, so she has kind of helped me out in understanding those sort of things. And so I think in the fall when I'm ready to hire, I will either, either go to her and say, hey, just hire someone for me if you could, or I will use her as a resource to help me hire. That's cool. That's awesome that you got a client that you can <laughs> yeah. outsource to. That's a yeah. great way to find some outsourcing. So what's the other ways that you've found like the outsourced marketing and things like that? Um, from a hiring perspective, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to, I don't want to call it like your full network, but as you're networking, you're always running to people who uh, can create value that you don't know you need that value now, but you may need it later. Uh, and so I was at an event a couple of months ago and I just kind of threw it out to the room like, hey, I'm actually thinking about hiring anyone looking for a job um, <laughs> or anyone, you know, you I, know. That, I did that, that once <laughs> as, a, as a young manager. I literally just said, is anybody looking for a job to a yeah. random room? It happens. Um, and they were like, actually, yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, and that, that person ended up um, not wanting to, to take the role and that was okay. But that was another situation where I was like, this room is a group of individuals who can provide value to me, whether it's not just networking, it's they have other resources that I don't have. I guess in terms of outsourcing. Oh, yeah, so outsourcing. Sounds like you're a fan? I am a big fan. Um, I think one of the things that's business owners we get so caught up in is that I can't afford to outsource mm -hmm. because it's too expensive or um, I don't think I need it or whatever it is. Um, but the thing about outsourcing is if you're really good at what you do, then you shouldn't want to do things that you're not really good at um, because then that's really not creating value and it's taken away from your opportunity to do the things that you're really good at. Um, and so I would never go into a marketing agency and say, I'm going to run this thing because <laughs> I have no idea what to do, right? Sure. Um, and I wouldn't want someone necessarily coming to me and saying, Hey, I'm gonna run your law firm. Um, if yeah, they don't know anything, about, yeah. If they don't know anything about the law, so I, I think outsourcing has yes, it's very hard in the very beginning as a business owner, and sometimes you have to have all the hats out there. Um, but as your business grows and develops, you should be very strategic, and it can it can actually create ex exceptional value for you when you outsource those things that no longer create as much value, like marketing. Or legal services. Sure. I was going to say, where, where do legal services fall on your list of, of how soon should most people be thinking about that? Yeah, so that, that's a great question, and I get that all the time. Because definitely people shouldn't try to do much of that on their own. <laughs> um, most people are like, well, I kind of, what I found is most people are like, well, I can't afford you. Um, and if you tell me you can't afford me, then you're telling me that you're not yet ready to, don't yet have a business. Um, mm -hmm. or you haven't met me and you don't understand what kind of value I can create for you. Uh, and so the, one of the cool things about being like the owner of the business is I can pretty much do whatever the hell I want. And sure. so if you come to me and you're like, hey, I need this. Normally I would charge this, but you're like, hey, can you just help me out here and you know, we'll do something else later or whatever it is, then if we have a great relationship and I have faith and trust in your abilities to be successful, then yeah, let's work out some sort of arrangement where I help you be successful. Um, and then down the road, I'm sure you'll, you'll pay dividends. Um, and so legal services, I think is when you move past, I have an idea to, I want to start a business. Then you're like, that's when you should probably talk to an attorney. And the reason is 
A lot of times what I have found is most people start a business, whether it's with a, a partner um, or someone that they, family member or something like that, and they go into business not understanding the implications of that business, and then inevitably down the road, the business either becomes very successful, but not everyone contributes to that success, or the business does not do very well, and there is this, some sort of dispute uh, that needs resolved. And if you have not taken the necessary steps in the beginning to set, your up, set yourself up for success, it's gonna be a lot more expensive to hire an attorney to try to fix it. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to leave listeners with about either outsourcing or what not to waste time on or what isn't scary <laughs> after 18 months? Uh, everything's scary. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would say if everyone thinks about entrepreneurship as it is, once you do it, it's like all peaches, it's all roses, um, there is some sort of uh, rainbow gold pot at the end um, and as entrepreneurs we do a great job of projecting our success to the rest of the world through social media or whatever and that's usually all that people see and so my one takeaway would be that you have to be realistic um, and it is completely okay to talk about the problems of being a business owner the that comes with it sometimes, the sure. stress, the ups and downs, um, you should be talking about those um, because those are what create value for you. Um, and if you're not talking about it, get someone that you feel comfortable with talking to um, because those those are the things that make entrepreneurship real um, yeah. and, and it really makes you, you human. So I when I people uh, that are talking to me, I want to hear their story not from I took a company from zero to $20 million. I want to hear how you were up late every single night. You were grinding away. Um, you were eating ramen noodles or whatever. I want to hear that story, yeah. not that I'm now the successful. I mean, it's, it's, it's always nice to hear that the ramen paid off. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely uh, a little less glamorous than sometimes social media looks, that's it, for sure. Uh, it, it is. And that's okay. I mean, because you have to go through those kind of grinds to get where you want to go. Um, but it's okay to talk about that journey along the way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I had a great time. Yeah, thank you. I look forward to Hi. Thanks for listening. Visit greatertogetherpodcast.com for more episodes, to submit a question for next season, to recommend a guest, and to leave feedback. Greater Together is brought to you by Greater Columbus Consulting helping focus your vision, organize your operations, and grow your organization. Greater Columbus Consulting specializes in social enterprises, nonprofits that want to capitalize on their strengths, and for-profit businesses that are working towards a higher purpose.